Happy Monday to you and you and you and you and you. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entry with April Holloway. <sighs> Hope you guys had, uh, for the Americans, had a great long weekend. I always remember this weekend, April, because my birthday is at the end of this month. And so everyone's always out of town for my birthday since I've been in the U.S. So I'm always like, ugh. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever that stupid holiday you Americans have. Uh, but I mean, it's a good holiday, right? Let's remember those that have lost their lives for the cause. Uh, shout out to the live chat. Woo woo. We see you and we say hello, hello, hello. hello, hello. And uh, let's do some housekeeping on the screen. You can see where you can support the show if you're feeling led to do so. And especially because this is my birthday weekend. And uh, while you're here, go ahead and like and subscribe to both my channel as well as April's channel, who is streaming live in conjunction at the same time. So go ahead and like and subscribe. Oh, well, thank you, Crystal. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to get in the birthday spirit. I am not feeling it this year. Hmm. Um, overall thoughts of this episode, part three of the tell all you guys, we made it. We made it through the whole season and the three-part tell-all. What were your thoughts? Three parts. And there were so many things that we still didn't talk about. And I feel like I disagreed with people a lot this episode. And I can't wait to see what you say. Well, I'm worried about that because, you know, you and I don't tend to be <laughs> on the same page all the time. But I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I was super disappointed. Um, like I said to you guys in part two of the tell-all, I feel like specifically Chris got away with all her nonsense and yes. the fact that she brought up more of her violent behavior and it was not addressed was disappointing to me. Um, <clears throat> I think that we went into more detail on some couples and no detail on any of the other couples. And it was just, I was a little bit, you know, I felt like it was a little bit lackluster. Like if you guys want, I feel like they could just go ahead and leak the rest of the tell-all right? Because, you know, they edit it down. And I always refer back to that 10-hour tell-all that leaked. Just leak it. Let us find the parts that we find enjoyable. Let us see the full-on picture. And maybe it would be better. I don't know. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I agree with these. Um, live chat says the pretty much the same thing. Ty says, uh, I have more, or excuse me, Crystal says, I have more questions. Can we get a part four with Gabe as the host? Then we'll get it all. All right. So let's kind of jump in. So we open with part three of the tell-all with Jamie and Chris again. We find out that there's some convoluted story about uh, Chris's ex that she'd been with for five years. Some naked sex photos were sent to Jamie and then Chris found out, went to her ex's house, kicked down the door, uh, crushed his phone and then ran. So all of that just sounds like violence to me. Right. And so I, I'm just thinking there's a violent tendency. She has a violent streak in her that no one addressed. So we had six hours of a tell-all that no one's going to address her violent behavior towards this ex or even pushing and shoving Jamie. We're not going to talk about that. No one. And then I felt like she was trying to play a little bit like the victim 
a little bit more so because anytime the attention was on her, she was just so fragile. But as soon as she talked about violence, she perked up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, are you fragile or are you not fragile? Because I think it's, it's you're playing victim so that you don't get confronted with your behavior. Correct. There were easy ways to confront her on some of the lies that she was telling and some of her behavior and nobody was, nobody did it. I'm not asking for somebody to attack her. I'm just asking for somebody to ask simple, direct questions that contradict what she said. And I'm saying you keep your hands to yourself. And since you guys decided to air that component, we as the viewers, as the fans, I feel deserve to address that because that can be triggering for many people. And as we know, DV is DV. And anytime you put your hands on someone when you're not supposed to, that needs to be addressed. And I'm just surprised that they didn't address it when they had a second time round here. She literally said she went to her ex's house, kicked in the door, crashed his phone, crushed his phone, and then took off. There has to be something cut out at that point. I can't believe that nobody was like, mm, that's not okay. Right. It was weird. So <clears throat> one of the things I thought was interesting as well is that Chris didn't confirm or deny whether or not she was cheating with her ex, right? Instead, she just gave this example where she went to the ex's house and trashed it or trashed the phone at the very least and kicked in the door. But she didn't say, no, I, I didn't cheat. No, those pictures are not true. And then meanwhile, Jamie's li literally there saying she has the receipts and no one like what dug in further with that. I just find it all very like missed opportunities to really get down to what's really true and what's not true, which is what Tim said. So Tim's like, you know, one of you is lying, but he couldn't figure out which one. Who did you think was lying, April? I, I think that Chris is lying. I mean, we'll get to the, the money issue, but that's just one issue where they could have easily said, okay, now pull up your PayPal. Yeah. Like... Or, or they could have offered it. Neither one of them even offered it. Well, we, Jamie's showing hers. Neither one of them offered and said, well, we'll show you ours too. Right. And Crystal's saying what we're saying. So she says, I'm shocked they even aired it without addressing it at the tell-all. If you're going to ignore it, why even show us that scene, that part? And I also, too, think that it's important oftentimes, especially when you're talking about anything that has to do with domestic violence, that you go ahead and put up this type of thing where if it's triggering to you, there's somewhere you can go. Every other show that I know that talks about domestic violence in any shape, way, or form, they do this. And I just mm -hmm. think that it wasn't done here. And I think that someone dropped the ball. And it's unfortunate because I, I know that it was triggering for a lot of people. Um, then they bring Chris's mom up, uh, Mona, um, and, you know, Mona says that she was not really a big fan of Jamie. She thought Jamie was looking for a sugar mama and a better life. Um, and she felt like Jamie was really like draining Chris of money. And then that's when Chris jumps in and says that she was using her mom's PayPal account because she didn't have a PayPal account. And the mom said thousands of dollars were going to Jamie. And Chris is like, yeah. Or no, Tim said, oh yeah, 
it's been said that it was $10,000. What did you think of this scene? I think that her mom is lying for her. Or maybe her, her mom doesn't know she was being scammed in some kind of way. I do not know. But the fact that neither one of them said, we can show you our receipts too. And Chris said, oh, it was attached to a bank account. I don't have any more. That PayPal will still show you. Um, whichever account, it's, no matter what account it's attached to, it'll sh still show you the transaction. So that's not an excuse. And it doesn't match with, okay, either... My mom is sending it from her account because I don't have my account anymore. Mm -hmm. And so she can show you her PayPal or I don't have my bank anymore. And I was sending it from my bank account. So I can't show you my statement. They, they don't make sense together. And, and all of it doesn't make sense. So <clears throat> I posted, I reposted this and I talked about this on news and gossip. I will, I'm not going to go into all the details, but Chris, does say that she has money okay and she addresses the fact that everyone thinks she's an addict and she's like how many addicts have two homes a car a motorcycle three jobs kids with cars one with a college degree i've always worked really hard uh to help my kids have a better life and opportunities that i didn't have if i were this big addict i sure as well or excuse me i sure as heck wouldn't be where i am today and spending the money i make from this show to start a charity and she goes on and on and on and on and on and here's the thing either you have the money or you don't have the money either your mom is saying that yes she sent money from her paypal account well that's not going anywhere you can pull up your paypal receipts and and see that then all of a sudden it went from her mom sending it from her paypal to chris <clears throat> sending seven thousand from a different account and she doesn't have access to that account because uh there was like theft or fraud or identity something on it so she can't and i'm just like that's not how it works even when you close an account you're still gonna have access to your your records because the banks are gonna keep your records forever because god forbid you get audited or or you have to go back or whatever those records are gonna still be there so it just seems to me it's very convenient that anything she says can't be can we or you'll have when you send a Zelle or when I send a Zelle, when I send a PayPal, I have a email confirmation, text confirmation. There's something there. She, there's something that could have been offered if this was really true. So I don't believe it. I don't believe that she really sent that money. And I also don't think that it's something Jamie would lie about. I think Jamie would say, okay, yeah, before, you know, she got down here, she did send me X amount of money. But then after she left, she stuck me with this apartment and didn't help me pay for it. That doesn't hurt her story for her to say that. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it reeked to me of manipulation and just manipulation and lies. It just it right. felt like a whole bunch of lies were being told. And I, for one, did not appreciate it. I was just like, I can't even believe you because you can't even back up anything that you're saying. And you're saying a lot of stuff. And... I've also read, and I do have the receipts for that, that she even says that she grew up in an abusive um, family. And so if that is true and it's not alleged and it's actually true, then you're actually bringing your abuser on the, your alleged abuser on the stage with you. And then is she lying for you as well? Like, I just don't, the whole Chris 
and her mom and the 7,000 and then it's 1,700. And then last week it was 10,000 and it was 3,000. But then you have money from your house that you're selling and your second house, you're renting out, but then you're living at home with your mom. Like I, I just, it doesn't. You know, first when, of all, when two and two doesn't make four, it's, then yeah. I just, I'm having a problem with it. And, 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 you can be an addict and have property and have a job. I mean, I mean, when I worked in corporate law, I was surprised to find out how many people were snorting coke in the bathroom. <laughs> like, um, so that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. She can have all that stuff and still be an addict. That's not, that's not proof positive that you're not an addict. Yeah. Like Connie says, addicts come in all shapes and sizes, rich and poor. So yeah, I wasn't impressed with that. And I wasn't impressed that no one talked about it. I, I just was not impressed. And if you guys saw um, the response that Debbie gave on mine, they basically in her comment was that they were directed to take it easy on Chris because she's fragile. So I found that interesting. Hey, Rodella. Hey, girl. Hey. So yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then maybe that's why they didn't they didn't um, ask her any questions. I thought that was disappointing because there were so many, like I said, missed opportunities where we as fans, we have questions and no one's asking the questions. Um, Chris goes on to say that every penny that she made went to Jamie. Uh, she starts crying. And I, my note says she's playing the victim. Um, and then they played the clip about her fight with Jamie and her saying that, you know, if she had the money, she'd be back in Columbia right away. And this is something that you brought up as well, uh, April, is the fact that she has never traveled before, right? She's never left wherever she's from. Where is she from again? Arkansas? Alabama. Alabama, right? And, you know, these alleged issues that she's dealing with and all of a sudden she's supposed to move halfway across the world so i think that she had a lot of things that were already working against her and i don't think she truly committed to like living in columbia for real for real i was surprised that debbie came in to jump into chris's defense saying that you know last week debbie called jamie a predator and this week she basically said that that Jamie was a deadbeat, right? That she wasn't working and Chris was the only one that was working. What were your thoughts on that? I wanted to be disappointed, but then I had to check myself and remember that Julian was raised by Debbie and Julian gives me Blue Lives Matter vibes. And so I shouldn't really think that the nut has fallen too far from the tree. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? And, you know, I loved, I love Miss De- I don't know what I think anymore, but Miss Debbie was one of my faves and just seeing the people she chose to defend was a little bit problematic for me. So <clears throat> Sean jumps in and asks everyone like, where are they siding? So Tim sides with neither Jamie or Chris, uh, Veronica's team Jamie, but then she's also like, but they should not ever be together. 
Uh, Debbie again defends Chris. Usama was hilarious. I think this was his line of the whole episode because he didn't really say much at all. He said, I try to understand, but I understand nothing. And those are famous last words. <laughs> He's like, what's happening? I don't even know who, the what, the where, the when. I don't understand. I try to understand, but I understand nothing. Um, and so... What was also interesting to me is Sean's like, do you want to say any last words to each other? And of course, Chris said no, because if you ask Chris to say anything, she's she's worried that she's gonna be challenged on her lies, right? So she's not she's not gonna say anything. And then Jamie's like, Yeah, I'm worried about your mental health and you know, you're toxic. And then I don't know how, but this is how I knew that I didn't believe anything Chris was saying, because she was able to turn that sentence i'm worried about your mental health into oh that is just like you and you would bring this up and so obviously there's something there mm -hmm. for chris to say you would bring this up means that there's something to bring up do you agree or disagree i agree i did not perceive it as a negative statement when jamie said i'm worried about your mental health but she totally took it as one. So something else was beyond that. Crystal? What's Crystal talking about? Crystal said, Mrs. Debbie was giving some of her friends were at the Capitol on January 6th, but she stayed home because of a bad hip or something. Otherwise, she would have been there. <sighs> now, um, at the end, if you guys have been watching 90 Days for some time, then you know that Tim had had a relationship with a woman named Jennifer from Columbia. And I think that this situation maybe triggered him a little bit because at the end of their segment, he's like, you know, Jamie's giving me strong Jennifer vibes and said that, quote, you don't keep a girl like that for two years for $1,700. What were your thoughts on that, April? I disagreed with Tim vehemently just because he has to spend money to keep someone around does not mean everyone has to. That part. And you don't, quote, keep a girl like that? What does that even mean? What year is this? keeping anyone if you decided that you're gonna give money to your loved one then give money to your loved one if you're supporting them you're supporting them say that the rest seems ridiculous <sighs> all right moving on do we have anything else to say about jamie and chris besides the fact that we were disappointed in their segment i'm sorry April? what i can you hear me yeah Something happened. I just lost you for a second. Repeat that. I said, is there anything else you want to say about Chris and Jamie before we move on from their segment? You know, I just have to say the same thing over again. And I've been saying, Jamie, if you're moonlighting in here or if you're catching us on the replay, I, I can play matchmaker for you. <laughs> you haven't seen that since the beginning of the season. She hasn't been in our live for, for a couple of weeks now. So hopefully we'll catch up with her. 
Uh, moving on to Nicole, Mahmoud, and the brother Ahmed. Thoughts on their segment? I was frustrated with the fact that they were being so unserious. That's it? Yeah. Okay. Um, my thoughts on their segment was that I thought that it was interesting how quickly Mahmoud changed as soon as his brother came in and everyone felt it. Everyone was like, mm -hmm. oh, he's on his best behavior now because his brother's there. And I found it interesting that last week he was screaming up and down how Gabe was disrespecting his culture and his religion and making his country look bad. But then he didn't look at himself doing the same thing with his ranting and raving and cussing. And then all of a sudden his brother comes in and he literally was like a different person on his best behavior, um, no temper tantrums, all the things. And so I thought that that was really concerning because, you know, he is coming to America and his brother will not be by his side. So That's what is true. that going to look like? So um, Ahmed, his brother says that he feels like the relationship between Nicole and Mahmoud is going to take some time um, and reminds Nicole that he's team Nicole. So anytime Mahmoud is going to act up, she can just come to him for help with the relationship. And I thought that that was really a nice gesture and a nice thing to say. But I also think too, that, you know, you can't always have a third person in your relationship. You're going to have to at some be point be able to communicate with your significant other if that's your spouse and you can't sit down and have a conversation and you can't communicate with your spouse without a third party that's saying a lot about your relationship in my opinion it is and it's not good you're not supposed to need to triangulate somebody else into the relationship in that way absolutely um and so the other thing that jumped out to me so glaringly, you guys, was so Ahmed says all this stuff. He says, yeah, I'm here and I'm here to support Nicole and, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do for their relationship. And then it was silent. And it was so, I guess, I don't know, the journalist and host of me was like, what is happening here? But Sean didn't respond. Instead, she went straight to her teleprompter and it was like so awkward. So this dude is literally saying that he's the third person in the relationship and you don't even dress it. You're just basically like, and we're going straight to commercial. I think we need a break. I was like, wait, what? You're, yeah. You're at this not everything that he just said, you brought him on the show. So you're not going to even address what he had to say. Just back to teleprompter. It was weird. Yeah. At this point, I started feeling like Sean was not happy with the setup or something. Something's not going well here. Maybe she doesn't like Veronica and Tim coming out. Something just felt really weird. I agree with you. And I, I got that same vibe. So maybe she didn't agree with the fact that they were bringing Tim and Veronica in. And they did last um, 90 Day Tell All. They brought in Tim and... Um, Kenny. And Kenny. So maybe she's feeling that that's taking away from whatever she's doing as a host. 
But I also thought it was distracting how they would bring them from backstage on stage and then take them off and then bring them back on. I'm like, if you're going to have them, just have them there. What's the point of us hearing from them, whether they're on stage or backstage? Seemed seemed weird. And you keep introducing them. Like, we already know. We've been right. invested. This is part three. We know that they're there. So just, like, keep them out front. You obviously wanted them for their opinions. So just keep them up front so I don't have to keep thinking like what's happening here. It was a very weird setup in my opinion. So the back and forth was so that they're not in like a host position, like as if they're Sean, like to create some kind of distinction, but it was really weird. Right. And, and so the thing is, I understand that, but then I got to tell you six hours into this, cause that's how, how much time we've all invested. You're going to be the host, be the host. And this is a messy show. Messy. So you're going to have to jump in the mud and get messy with them. I'm sorry, not sorry. Do you know what I mean? This is not like friggin' Oprah who's sitting down and, you know, wants to have some diplomacy in her conversations because that's her brand. This is friggin' 90 Day Fiance. Okay. First and foremost, it's a reality TV show. Second of all, right? A lot of people have talked about um andy and the bravo network and how messy he is well he has to be messy because guess what the real housewives yes. are messy <laughs> same thing with 90 day fiance they're messy mm -hmm. they give you the opportunity to to ask the questions the questions need to be asked because guess what as fans we've invested our time and our energy in this and we want to know don't string us along you show someone push someone and then you don't you don't talk about it you see that someone has literally said that they've changed their religion within two days and married that person within a week. And then all of a sudden decides that she's not into it and has all these problems, but you're not going to address that with her. You're going to instead attack the person that his whole life he's been born and raised this way. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities with the tell all because the questions never get asked that we want to ask. And I know we had Gabe who was back for, for some questions this part three, but still it, his questions, in my opinion, were jaded to his own personal take, which, yeah. you know, that's his opinion. I get it, but still. So <clears throat> they show a clip of Mahmood and Nicole's fight um, and how Mahmood is like, we can either go home and talk or we can get a divorce. I, I still think that that is like quite the extreme. You're having a a spat with your significant other and they're like, okay, so are we going to go home and talk about this or are we getting divorced? <laughs> ah, so funny. <sighs> so, um, what I thought was interesting, I would love to get your point of view on this as well, April, is that in all of that, Nicole still feels like they've taken steps forward in their relationship and she's like you know for example look what i'm wearing and i was like but we you've never seen you guys communicate you guys just stopped talking about your issues that doesn't mean you've moved forward it just means that you stopped talking about your issues and i can't really give you like 100 kudos for wearing what you want because your husband's halfway across the world so what could he really do about it yeah also, he sat there and said he's going to continue asking her to change her wardrobe. Yeah. So I don't see what forward motion she feels has been made. Granted, we don't see the entire relationship, but I don't see what 
advancements have occurred. Facts. So in all of this, I saw also that Danielle felt triggered um, by what was going on. And I got to tell you guys, I finally get it. Because when we get to their segment, I finally get why she was triggered. Because I wasn't really understanding why she was feeling triggered by uh, Mahmood and Nicole's relationship. But I finally got it. And we're going to talk about that shortly. Um, because I always say to you that, and I'm not saying that this is what's happening in her relationship, but, um, manipulation and abuse comes in a lot of forms and it's not just physical, it can be financial, it can be emotional and all of those things. So we're going to talk about that shortly. Okay. Um, so then we find out that Mahmood was chatting online, uh, with, with what they say, at least one woman, and it was very convoluted. Like, again, missed opportunity. Like, dude is, is texting with another woman. Apparently, this woman is in China, but he's about to buy some TVs from her. But then he's asking her how she is, how how she doing, how old she is. Is she back at the hotel? And I'm like, back at what hotel? Yeah. So is she in China or is she here? Right. Are you selling TVs out of a hotel? Like, what, what, what? Why are we not getting the full story? And then that kind of got swept under the rug by everyone telling the story. Mahmood and Ahmed are laughing about it. Danielle asked like two or three times, like, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? Which, as the host, you should ask them, why mm -hmm. are you laughing? What is funny about this? They finally say it's their culture. They just love to laugh. But they weren't even confronted on that. Well, what do you, what's funny about this? Explain in your culture, why would this be funny? So that we all can understand you. Mm -hmm. um, Isabel stands up and says, you know, I think that this is a really disrespectful attitude by you laughing at this situation where you're, you've been caught texting another woman and you think it's funny. Debbie jumps in and says, it's just nervous la laughter. There's no disrespect. And I was like, Mama Debbie, do you even know how to text? Because <laughs> um, you can be a Miss Georgia Peach all day long, but like, what? I know you Southern Bells don't go for any type of disrespect, Miss Debbie. Well, if she's willing to excuse Osama's, I, what did he say? He says whatever he wants when he's tired, disturbed, whatever he said. I guess if she accepts that, she can accept nervous laughter. Oh, yeah. That's just like Chris. When she gets angry, she blocks out. Yeah. Like, that's like, when I get mad, I say things, but I don't mean them. Okay. Well, is that an excuse? That's not acceptable. Not at all. Um, so then they ask, you know, if the tables were turned, right? And Nicole was found to be texting with another man, Mahmoud, what, like, what would you think? How would you feel? And obviously he's like, you know, he wouldn't be happy about it. Okay, so you wouldn't be happy about it, but Nicole has to just be like, it's no big deal and we can just laugh about it. That, that doesn't even make sense. Like, either you were up to something shady and you got caught and now you're trying to downplay it or there's some type of weird double standard 
in your relationship and you can do whatever you want, but your wife can't do anything. There, like, the latter. Make it make sense. The latter is true. The latter is what is true. <sighs> um, then Gabe jumps in and Gabe set calls Mahmood scummy and says, in the, in the words of my wife, Isabel, uh, Mahmood is everything in a man I did never want. Everything in a man I would never want. That to me was an opportunity to go to Isabel and say, what did you mean by that? What things about Mahmood don't you like? Because the other flip side of this, April, is that I feel like because we don't explore other cultures and religions in depth on this show, there's a lot of things that people who don't know anything about the culture or the religion are coming to like different conclusions. And so it's unfortunate to me that we didn't have the opportunity to ask the same questions so that we can not only learn more, but we can have more informed comments so that it's not just so ridiculous. Right. Do you I know do, what I mean? Like, I just I do, feel like yeah. there's such missed opportunities here all the time. And since we're watching, we might as well learn some things. And then we can, for those people who have misconceived notions about whatever it is the topic is, whether it's Islam or, or um, Egypt or faith, whatever, whatever it is, if you're not really immersed in it, just like how I didn't know a lot about the transgender community, but guess what? I'm trying to learn. Same thing. If I don't know about these things and I'm not immersed in it, then maybe I have preconceived notions about certain things or I've heard something and I've carried it with me for, throughout my whole life. And no one's there to like correct if I'm not actually taking extra steps to learn on my own. It's unfortunate. Right. It really is. His word choice was weird to me scummy scummy to me is more like um somebody who's actually running like a physical scam to scam somebody out of money or something mm. um i would have said that he is inflexible or um, difficult to understand because i still i want somebody to ask him why do you continue to say that you're willing to compromise and willing to negotiate when you very clearly do not want her to show any part of her body. What, what's the point in saying those two different things? I also want somebody to ask him, is it important for you that she covers up because of the religion or is it important to you because you don't want other men to see her? Because you keep saying because you don't want other men to see her, not because of the religion. Mm, good point. My counterpoint to that, April, would be I also would want them to talk to Nicole about her decision to completely to convert to a religion and faith that she knew nothing about, and then deciding on the flip side after she's already married into such religion and marries someone who's clearly more on the extreme end of, of that said religion, 
why is she not being questioned? I understand it's a free country and you can do what you want and you can change your mind. I get that. But you also made a lifelong commitment to someone who you know, that's exactly who he is. That's exactly who he presented. And you agreed and said that you would cover up and that you would wear a hijab and all the things. And then you changed your mind. Yeah. And now, not only did you change your mind, you're like, hey, I want to move to America and I want to live in Los Angeles and I want to be who I am. And literally said... Um, that she doesn't care. She's going to be, she says she's not orthodox and that she, this is a Muslim woman speaking. She doesn't give a fuck. She said on national TV as an alleged Muslim woman, there's more than one way of being Muslim. End of quote. So if there's more than one way of being Muslim, I'm going to need Nicole to explain her version yes. of what, being Muslim is like. And again, that was not explored and that was not asked of her. Yeah. And so for me being an outside person, I don't know if that's true. Is there more than one way of being a Muslim? Do you do you get to pick and choose? Because I know in all and it's not in just a, it, not just in Muslim faith, in a lot of faiths where you get to pick and choose what works for your life. And if that's the case, then then that makes sense to me, right? Like some people say I don't know. Some people say like, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't do this and this faith. And some people still do those things, but still believe what they believe. So I'm just saying like, I would have liked to question Nicole just yes. as much as Mahmood. Yeah. An easy follow-up would have been, well, what, what practices do you have in place in your daily life as far as what you believe is Islamic or makes you a Muslim woman? I'm just, I would want to know. Agree. That's a fair question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chris says something. And I, that's, I literally said Chris said something. She said something to my mood. I kind of just like blew it off because I was like, you've lost all credibility with me. Uh, Danielle tells him not to be an a-hole. And this is what I said last week. And I feel like it came up a little bit this week as well. I think that there's something there's some type of weird animosity between Debbie and Danielle. Uh, because as soon as Danielle said to Mahmood, hey, don't be an a-hole, Debbie's like, you are being judgmental. And I was like, are you are you team Mahmood, team not Danielle? Like, what's happening here? Whatever it is, it's starting to show that you're not really a fan yeah. of hers. And I'm curious to know what it is, because like I said, they had no interaction last week. And when Danielle some, said something last week, Debbie completely ignored her and kept pushing. And then this week, you see how she's just like coming back at Danielle. And I was like, hmm. I Am I misremembering? Didn't Debbie say to Danielle that she disrespected Johan? Did Debbie say to Danielle? Yeah, yeah. she did say that. We're not there yet, but yeah, she did say that. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, earlier. I mean, earlier. Like, is this what they have some animosity from earlier? This happened? No. Oh. I'm, I'm misremembering that. Um, I know well, that that happened in this episode. It may, I mean, it might have happened last episode, too. I don't remember. I, I don't have any problem thinking that Debbie would see someone like Danielle and be annoyed by her immediately. Somebody who is willing to like express themselves out loud sexually 
is very much against the debutante. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. All right, we're going to move on to Gabe, Isabel, and Gabe's sister, Monica. What did you think of their segment? I'm still team Monica. I, I, I felt weird because everyone was ragging on her. And I was like, I completely understand her point of view and, and why she didn't go to the wedding. Do you? I do. I do. Imagine if she showed up at the wedding and she wasn't able to keep her face together. She's not smiling in the pictures. Everyone would say, what'd you show up for? You ruined everything. Interesting. Uh, for those of you guys in the live chat, I would definitely like to know what your opinion is on this. If your family member and you got into a fight the day before your wedding, do you expect them to show up at your wedding still? Yes or no? Let me know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know definitely in the in the comments. And uh, I'll look at them and get back to you. <laughs> my whole, uh, what is my take on this? Gabe, Isabel, and Monica, I think Gabe is the issue. Gabe is the issue. I think Gabe is the problem in all of this. And I said this last week. And I, I'm doubling down and I'm saying Gabe is the issue. I think that Gabe um, likes to keep his relationship separate. And when they start to interact, he causes a division in that relationship. And whether that is intentional or unintentional, that's what he does. And because there is like a language barrier there, as well as a distance barrier there, he's able to do it. And so now all these people are in the same room and they're finding out things that they had no idea about. And the only common denominator is gay. Um, that being said, uh, I agree with Diana here. And uh, I think that regardless of the fight, um, that marriage was, or that wedding was, you know, maybe a once in a lifetime thing. And if that's the case, then his musketeer, remember it's supposed to be him, his mom and his sister, the three musketeers so close. And it even did look like they were close in part three where she was crying and all the things and he came over to, to talk to her, all the things. Um, I don't think that a fight should have precluded her from going to the wedding. I don't think it was the fight. The way she described it was she gets up to get ready and she couldn't stop crying. To me, it was, if I show up, am I going to be a distraction to the wedding? Am I going to be able to enjoy it? Will other people be able to enjoy it? It kind of reminds me of, I had something happen in my life that was really, really sad just before a friend's wedding. And I decided not to go because I felt like it'll be a drag for anybody to be around me because I won't be able to pretend I'm okay. And if she's that kind of person like I am, where you can't pretend you're okay, or you don't know when you might burst into tears um, and you don't want to ruin somebody else's event, it's better to me not to go. I hear you. That's his sister though. It wasn't his friend, wasn't his cousin wasn't his, you know. So uh, you could really like go through, you, you could have a fight with somebody 
and be super emotionally upset by it and still go and smile in their pictures and pretend to be happy? You'd be well, able I'm to not, do that? I'm not saying that, April. I'm saying that if my brother was getting married and I had a fight with him the day before, yes, I would suck it up. I might not be in all the pictures, but I'll be in the back of the chapel or wherever they're having their wedding, sitting and experiencing that. Because guess what? For her lifetime, she's going to remember that she didn't go to her brother's wedding. So I would go. If it was a friend, maybe I would have a different different thought. But that's my brother. My brother, my sister, whoever. That That is my family. I My immediate family. So yeah, I would suck up a stupid fight about him saying that she basically is the problem and why none of his relationships worked out. Yeah, I'd suck it up. Wow. That's just me. I just, I, I mean, even if I wanted to, I don't think that I could. I don't think I could. I think I'd be such an egg to be around. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Gabe... Monica said that Gabe told her that she was the reason all of his past relationships failed. And uh, she was really upset by that. And she came in looking beautiful. She's gorgeous, by the way, looking beautiful. Monica, first thing she said was, you know what? I miss you. We haven't talked in forever. And here's the thing. And gentlemen, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, okay? I'm going to tell you something that's true for me as well. When you send someone that you're talking to, you're interested in, you think you're dating, your friend, your family, your cousin, your brother, whoever, if you are sending memes all day, that does not mean that you've talked. It does not. It does not. So in Gabe's mind, him sending memes to his sister on the regular means that they talk every day. In Monica's mind, it means that we haven't talked in forever. Yeah, you're sending memes all day. That doesn't mean we've talked. And so I implore you because I know that there are more people that think like Gabe, where you think that because you sent a meme, that means you've had some type of one-on-one -on -one interaction with someone that is important to you. That is not the case. And I'm going to go on and say that there's someone that I know personally that says memes is his love language. And I'm going to tell you guys that that's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. It's, it's the lazy person's way of keeping in touch with you. Um, and especially in Gabe's situation, in my opinion, that's part of the reason why he has some communication issues in this entire family. If you think sending memes is talking every day, then that is a source of where you're going wrong communication-wise. Here's an easy phrase. If you find yourself in this situation, just tell the other person, are you ready to have a hard conversation? Just break the ice. Um, and then I was irritated by Gabe as well here because Gabe says to Sean that he didn't know why Monica didn't come to the wedding. Um, and I was like, what? Your sister literally is telling you why she didn't come, and you're saying you don't know why? She just randomly woke up in the morning and said, I'm not coming? Come on. Um, so then they play a clip of Monica 
saying that Gabe's type is usually like a needy type, a jealous type, and a stupid type. And then they have this debacle, right? They have this fight. And the fight is about Monica. And Gabe saying that the common denominator in all of his failed relationships is Monica, right? So that hurt her feelings. She was very upset. She was crying and she explained how uh, she woke up in the morning, she went and got her hair did and she was still crying. She took a shower, she was still crying and she was, her feelings were hurt and that's why she didn't go to the, to the wedding. And I understand that. And I still think that she should have gone. Suck up your feelings because the wedding day is not about you. It's about your brother. And you could deal with your feelings and what he said to you after the wedding, the day after the wedding, a week after the wedding, whatever. But guaranteed from someone who has lost a sibling, you're never going to get that moment back. And when the time comes, God forbid, that you lose your sibling, you're going to be kicking yourself in that moment. And the memories that you bring up, that's going to be a memory that's going to be hurtful for you. That's what I'll have to say. Do you want to add anything to that, April? No. <laughs> um, Gabe goes on to say that, you know what? He would never have missed Monica's wedding if it was her wedding. He could get shot in the face. His legs could be broken. And he still would have come. Um, Sean's like, well, to Monica, do you regret it? And she says, obviously, I would have loved to go. Um, and Gabe comes over to her side to kind of support his sister. And she just turns to her brother and says, you know, I want to know that you just don't think that of me, that you don't think that I'm the problem in all of your relationships. And then we get deeper into what this fight was about. And again, it was about, in my opinion, it was not something that you just not attend a wedding for. So they're out partying. They're at a bar, they're at a club, whatever, to 2.30 in the morning. Monica says, hey, you know, I have my hair appointment at 8 a.m. Can you like drop me off? And she said it was like eight minutes down the road. But Gabe, because he can't multitask his relationships, was like, no, Isabel's here. And <clears throat> because she just got here, it's going to cause a problem in my relationship. So she said, Monica's like, well, if you taking me home is going to cause a problem in your relationship, then you, there's a problem in your relationship. I agree. But also, I think Gabe was putting more on it than need be. I don't think Isabel was going to be mad. I think she would have understood because guess what? It's her wedding day the next day as well. Every woman knows about, listen, my hair appointment is my hair appointment is my hair appointment. I want to go ahead and get my hair did for the wedding. So I don't think it was going to be an issue, but because Gabe had a, issue with it. He probably didn't want to leave the club because he probably was like worried that Isabel thought that he's leaving the club, all the things he made it about his sister when really it was about himself. And that's the part that I was not impressed with. Meanwhile, he's out partying until two 30 and has yet to help with anything for the wedding. Right. That part. 
So we also learned that that beautiful green dress uh, that Monica was wearing at the tell-all was her actual, indeed, wedding dress that she didn't get to uh, wear because she didn't go to her brother's wedding. Um, and then we find out from Isabel that not only did Isabel want her to be a bridesmaid and that the mom made a dress and the wedding scheme was pink and all the things, she had no idea. Gabe never told her. Gabe claims that he didn't know. You didn't know the theme of your own wedding, Gabe. You didn't know that your wife wanted your sister to be a part of the uh, wedding party, Gabe. I just find that hard to believe. So you just showed up at your wedding and you had no idea what was going on. And I get that he did go back for the month, right? And that she did all the planning. But I know you guys had to have talked about it a little bit. Yeah. There had to be some type of communication. You would think. So, again, that's why I'm blaming Gabe. Because you're the, you're, you are the person that's between your wife and your sister. And you didn't tell your sister anything. Your sister thought that she, her role in the wedding was walking you down the aisle with your mom. So y'all didn't talk about that? Your sister's like, I had no idea. I hope I was doing something. But she didn't know even the day before your wedding. That doesn't make sense to me. And then I was like, then the mom made a dress for her to be in the wedding. But how do you make her a dress for someone if you don't know their measurements? How does that work? You probably made it adjustable. I don't know. I just find it hard to believe. And I I, I blame Gabe. I blame Gabe too. But I, I do think it's possible that mom had a dress that had like an adjustable band in it or that she would have made some alterations day of. That part doesn't really, that doesn't concern me. I think that's possible. I think the part that was more concerning is that Isabel and Monica were face to face at different times. And it didn't come up at that point. Yeah. But I too. Like there was no, this is what my bridesmaids are doing at this time or that time. Do you want to join in with us? There was none of that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I blame Gabe. That's all I know. I blame Gabe because I feel like he's the person that would have been relaying those type of messages. Uh, especially because there was that language barrier between Monica and Isabel. But I could be wrong. Monica starts crying. Um, I gave, my note says that Gabe is the problem. Um, Tim even agrees. Tim's like, you know what? Gabe is the one that should have been more communicative in this whole situation. We find out that Isabel is working on a visa, which is right up your... Allie, April, and that they are planning a U.S. wedding. So maybe Monica will have the opportunity to wear the dress that Isabel's mom made for her. Yeah. In wedding part two. Now, how does that work? Do you want to talk about that a little bit or do you want to move on? Um, it sounds like she's applying for a visitor's visa, not for residency in the U.S., um, and she can probably get a visitor's visa. Some, if you're in this situation, you're living with your spouse outside of the country and you want them to have an opportunity to visit the U.S., um, they have to show all the normal things, financial means to 
um, take care of themselves while they're here uh, as a tourist, but they also have to show an intent to return to their home country. So if they're showing that they have stable employment, show that they have a property, um, show family connections. Uh, in this case, I think Gabe is applying for residency in Colombia. Mm -hmm. So showing that she has a spouse that has residency there is going to be strong evidence of intent to return to Colombia um, as well. Um, the kids are enrolled in school, these kind of things. Um, so she probably would be able to get a visitor's visa without too much trouble, um, unless there's something in her history that we don't know. What's the time frame on that usually? Um, it's different for different countries. Let's see, let me see where Colombia is. While is she's... It's between six and eight months to get an interview in Colombia. Just to get your visitor's visa? Mm-hmm. Wow. We still have COVID delays in some countries. Um, and Colombia is, is dealing with two different countries processing. They're doing all applications for Venezuela as well. Oh, wow. Well, you guys heard it here first. Six to eight months. So maybe we'll see Isabel towards the end of the year, beginning of next year. Because, and I have a little theory on that, because if you guys watch the outtakes at the very end, Gabe let something slip that I know that the producer was like, don't say that. And he flipped it around. So we'll talk about <laughs> that shortly. Um, I thought it was also funny, in the, well, not funny, but interesting, because I was really just paying attention to how uh, Sean was hosting this. And did you notice, April, that she wished them well via the teleprompter? So instead of looking at Gabe and Isabel on the screen and saying, you know, I wish you guys all the best uh, in all your future endeavors, she was like this. And if you guys don't know what a teleprompter is, it's like having your cue cards in front of you and it scrolls as you read it. Um, so she was to teleprompter. She said, and I wish you guys all the best. I was like, who, who are you wishing the best? Us, the viewers <laughs> or those two, the couple. Cause you, you're looking at the screen. It was fast. It was like fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, that was Gabe, Isabel and Monica. Uh, I definitely feel like we could have talked more about them, but here we are. <laughs> we go back to Jen. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and Jen is irritated and upset. Now I I was confused because I was like, um, what what is she upset about? Did she was sitting on the panel for how long now? And I guess it just hit her. And that's what she said. The tidal wave of emotion just hit her. And so now she's irritated and upset with Rishi's mom again. And I really do want to talk about this because I know that it's it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. But here, okay, so she's really upset that Rishi's mom thinks she's too old. That's her thing, right? Too old for you. And she says, she calls Rishi and she says that her mom, his mom should shut the fuck up which i thought was super disrespectful very like very. what you're not about to do is call me and tell me 
that my mom should shut the fuck up. Like, that's not happening. I don't care who you are. I don't care if we're friends or not friends. You're lovers or not lovers. That's what you're not about to do. You're not about to disrespect my mother, regardless of how mad you are. However, that's what she does. And she says that Rishi's mom is not nice. Um, and that she kept repeating it. So obviously this is something that triggers Jen. So Jen has an age thing, right? So I, I feel, and this is a conversation that I've had before. So, you know, women are always thought to be, you're in your primes in your twenties. And then as you get older, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, um, you're considered, in Western society to be like less sexual, less attractive, less, less like beautiful. And what's the word I'm thinking of? Like less. Uh, valuable. Ah, pardon? Valuable. Valuable, all the things, right? And so I feel like Jen is, is struggling with that a little bit. And because she has a woman who's, you know, maybe just a little bit older than her um, but has a family and is settled and all of that stuff that she is struggling with that. Right. So I think it touched a nerve for her and it touched a nerve because the mom said, basically you're perfect in all ways, but you're just too old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jen talked about how she's never been in love before, even though she's been married before, she's never felt that love. Um, and she really does feel that love for Rishi and, and maybe she's thinking that she's getting older and she's not going to have the opportunity to have the love that she is obviously seeking. And so <clears throat> when she calls Rishi and says all this stuff, the first thing that I thought was interesting is that she FaceTimes him and says, Hey, and he says, yo, I was like, what yo you don't anyways that's just a that's a me thing like my man is not about to be hey yo yo not even yo baby just yo stop it she says for a second time f your mom thinking i'm too old it was very hurtful um if she says it again we will never speak again and then here's the thing that i was like she is really taking it over the top i personally thought it was a little extra when she was like, and if she says it ever, ever, ever again, I will never, I will never speak to you again. I was like, why are we doing all of this? And why are you freaking out? It's very extra. What were your thoughts, April? I, okay. Now that you broke it down a little bit, I, I can understand her starting to get emotional about it, but I thought her language was really inappropriate and unnecessary. She could have said, you know, now that time has passed, it's, it's sitting with me and really hurting my feelings. Um, what your mom said about my age. And I would just like some reassurance from you that you don't feel that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with Crystal. It was too extra. It made me think they are actually cool in real life and she's a bad actress. Oh, maybe. Well, I think Crystal's not off because, you know, those two posted a social media post uh, today and they basically said that, what did they say? 
they said, and I'll post it to our socials later, but she's, they both said in a joint post, love does not begin and end the way we seem to think it does. Love will find a way. Well, here we have another missed opportunity um, because she made that whole long thing about Rishi's family not wanting him to marry someone who was dark skinned and it didn't come up. Yeah. But, but also to their defense though, the tell all was, was filmed months before that came out. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay, so she's freaking out. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. I didn't really understand what he meant because it was like, are you are you saying your mom's awesome or she's not awesome? So in his mother's defense, he apologizes to Jen for Jen feeling hurt that the mom thinks that she's too old, but then says that his mom is, quote, a proper housewife and doesn't know how to talk to people. What does that mean? So like, what what does that mean? I needed someone to explain that because I'm still in my mind. I thought, oh, he was saying that his mom is a proper housewife. But what is a proper housewife? I like, hope he didn't mean it as an insult and rather meant it as she's like old school. I needed an explanation. Someone should have said, well, what do you mean by that, Rishi? Because, like, that doesn't even make sense. But that's what he said. Um, she wraps up the conversation by saying that she's second-guessing being in a relationship with Rishi. I'm confused because up until part two of the tell-all, you guys were broken up. So you were broken up. Then you saw him at a wedding again. You guys hooked up. But then you said you guys weren't together. He thinks that you guys are fiancé and fiancé, but you were like, no. So, like, what is it? He says you're fiancé and fiancé, so now you're fiancé and fiancé. And then part three, now you're back in a full-on relationship. I, I was like, um, uh, what? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. So, uh, that all happened behind the scenes. They come back. Uh, they get um, brought back to set, which is something that I was telling you guys about who haven't been on a production set before producers come back they they bring you back on set you are guided to where you are supposed to be uh everyone's back on set except for jen sean the host asks rishi you know where is jen and why she's so upset and he explains it's the age difference and then i thought it was interesting that he's like she was crying and i was crying and then someone said well why were you crying what made you cry <laughs> And he basically is like, well, it's painful because she's upset. If she's upset, then I'm upset. And I personally didn't see him cry during that phone call. But then as soon as someone asked him why he was crying, then he started crying. Mm -hmm. Crocodile so, tears. Hmm? Crocodile tears. Um, <clears throat> so I was, and then everyone was like empathetic towards him because all of a sudden he's crying too. And I was like, but what is he crying about again? Is he crying because... He feels like his woman, like, I don't get it. He's crying because he doesn't want them to attack him again. That part. 
that part. He's like, you know what? I'm crying because I made a mess of this, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to cry. And that's going to make me seem um, more empathetic to them. And they're going to think I'm empathetic towards Jen. And and no worries. We're back together. <laughs> sure. That's uh, <clears throat> one of the things again. So. I, I know you guys, I keep talking about missed opportunities, but I just really feel there were a lot of missed opportunities. One of the things, I mean, we're talking about ageism here. Um, and Jen is like, what, 48 or whatever. The host, Sean, I believe is in her late 50s, early 60s. She looked beautiful, you guys. She's, But she's an older lady. I would have loved to have gotten her perspective on this whole ageism thing. Like, speak up and say something. You're hosting this. Like, hey, as a woman of a certain age, I would say X, Y, and Z. And what's your perspective being a beautiful, strong Black woman that obviously is, you know, in media? Maybe you could say, like, maybe age is just a number. And look at me, and here's my example of X, Y, and Z. But that wasn't even done. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah. Tia said Rishi summoned that one crocodile teal the whole season. And Crystal says, bad actors. Yeah, I just thought, you know, you guys, it was another missed opportunity. If you're going to bring up all these topics, why are we not talking about the topics? Why do we just bring it up and keep it pushing? You literally had a full on good three to five minute segment about Jen's age and how it's an issue in her relationship but then we don't talk about it right well and the other thing they didn't say was why is her age an issue rishi has not expressed to us that he wants children so why does her age matter you asked that last week and and again we've been watching jenny and submit for so many years that we already know what the issue is the issues with the family and the community marrying someone older for their young men allegedly according to the jenny and submit storyline is against their like um uh, i can't think of the word i'm looking for but they have like not rungs but they have like different societal no it's or... not hierarchy it's um it will come to me in a minute but they have different Classes, classes, yeah, classes in their society, and it's in poor class for a younger man to marry an older woman, and then the family gets shunned because of it, and so it, it brings shame to their family. I can't think of the word that's going to come to you me. You did after say that before, and I was not. It's not completely clicking for me. So it's just the age itself. It's not something that. Well, it's, it's that, and it's it's the shame part, it's the legacy part, it's the children part, it's a whole bunch of things that they just... Are. Cast, thank you, artful variety. Oh, that is I what thought I the cast for. was just, like, skin color. No, it's also, like, the different layers of their society. Thank you. It was, like, right there, the caste system in India. Yes, y'all. Thank you. Um, and because of the caste system, that's that's part of the whole ageism thing. And so, again, they bring it up, but we don't talk about it in depth. I think it's, it's terrible. Okay, so 
then <clears throat> they're backstage and Gabe, who is, you know, host 2.0, is right up in Jen's business. He's like, so what's going to happen? Like, what's up? Gabe is like the most busybody out of the, all the cast members. That's what I learned over the tele. He's up in everyone's busy business. He's the one that's like the gossip king out there. So Jen's like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure how we're going to be moving forward. Um, and then Jen says, I may or may not have been given given my number to someone's son, which is obviously Debbie's son, obviously. Julian, and how Debbie was trying to set up Julian with Jen and said in part one of the tell-all that she saw that Jen was giving googly eyes to Julian in part one. That all happened, you guys. That did all happen. And so we find out backstage that Jen was giving googly eyes and she said that she thinks that here's what she likes about Julian takes care of his mom. She felt for him. She was vibing with him. He's age appropriate. Her words, he seems quote legit and he has a career. I was like, Hmm. She likes the fact that he's, you know, from the United States like her as well. And so I'm curious to see if anything happens right there because they're making it seem in present day, like today, May 29th, they're see making it seem like they're still together, meaning Jen and Risha are still together. But then on the tell all, you gave your number to someone else who's yeah. part of the show. So we'll see. But if those qualities are things that she wanted, she could have them. That what? If those were qualities she wanted, she could have them. With Julian? With anybody in the U.S. Like, she's she's making it seem like, oh, my God, Julian was presented to me, and he's so unique and different. He's not. To me. I mean, <laughs> he went on the tell-all, and some of y'all lost your minds. I, my phone was blowing up with people commenting on how hot you guys thought he was really a cop and whoop, julian this i was like that is not what i saw people found him attractive very much so i mean as soon as he came out and called osama boy i was like spidey sink spidey 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 senses i mean you and me both but that is definitely not what the consensus was this isn't the first <laughs> time either because i didn't like um I didn't like what's his name brother that everybody else liked. He was with Thais. Um, everybody oh. was really into the brother John, and I didn't like him either. Oh, people were into John too. Sparkles. Yes, people were very, very into John, and I was like, he's xenophobic and <laughs> sparkles. That was just my favorite thing, though. Sparkles. I just no. Mm -mm. see somebody right here said it julian's cute and sexy yeah i mean i was trying to find find the post that i did so i could tell you there was like hundreds of comments hundreds yes. people were like oh, he's hot he's this i wanna i wanna be with him is he still single yeah like all the things he's like cop shaped you could find a dozen cops that look just like him 
All right, Francesca, we see where you stand. We see where you stand. Please, girl, please consider a firefighter. <laughs> um, y'all, listen, I, if you're, again, if you're part of my Patreon news and gossip, you already know some things about Julian that I know that 99.9% .9 of you guys do not know yet. So you guys can go ahead and continue to say all the things about Julian. Um, I personally think something different. I'll say it that way. But you know what? I respect his hustle. I respect his grind. I respect that. You do you, boo. But at least be honest with who you are. That's what I'll say. And what you do. Yeah. Um, moving on from that. So we're going to get into Danielle and Johan. Okay. Overall thoughts on Danielle and Johan. Oh, how, how crushing, how like, how crushing to see the relationship that I thought from the beginning of the show could be really, really good to just have not panned out so well. That is a very diplomatic way to say it. I know. I, I and still, and still, even in this, more missed opportunities. There were zero questions about the butcher shop. We don't even know if it's still open. Um, about the scenes that happened concerning that, that you know, like so many. For this to have lasted for so long, there are still so many outstanding questions. But I'll stop now. Okay, well, I'll say this. I I am shocked and appalled by Johan's behavior. Uh, some of the things that he said to his wife. And uh, it was all just not okay. It was all just not okay with me. And I think that uh, Danielle definitely had a bad rap this season. Either it was a bad rap, bad edit. I know that she can come across... Um, very opinionated and a lot of the fans don't like that however i do respect the fact that she stands on who she is that all being said this situation was the biggest shocker for me and i am surprised that i'm surprised that she still wants to work it out and be with her husband because my husband couldn't tell me that the as soon as the lease is up, this relationship is over. Like, that's what you're not about to say. Because guess what? Go ahead and finish that lease out. Bye. I'm already <laughs> in New York. Figure it out. I don't need to come back to you in that lease. I so. don't. I, that part didn't surprise me. Because whereas Mahmoud has always been like, you do this or we get divorced. She just, she's never pulled the divorce thing. So I'm not surprised that she's still like, I'm going to try to work it out. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Because he was, you know what, you guys, this is what I I feel. I feel Johan takes every single opportunity to humiliate his woman in public on TV that he can take. And I just don't think that that's a form of love. So yeah. <clears throat> what's the biggest issue? Uh, Danielle says their biggest issue is communication. Uh, and it manifests as money issues, as jealousy issues. And Johan says, agrees that communication and trust are both their issues. Sean's like, so do you not trust Danielle 
or does Danielle not trust you? And he's like, it's a little bit of both. In my opinion, he completely uh, has trust issues against Danielle. I think that he is harboring resentment towards his own wife because he wanted to come to America. And I'll, I think back to uh, Miss Karen from the family Chantel teaching us about Sankey Panky and those specific men who work at the resorts who literally look for older women that are American that will marry them and sponsor them to come to America so they can come to America because they think that they're going to have a better life in the United States of America, get their green card, work, 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 send money back home to um, support all of their family. Like that is the goal. And because she switched it up and didn't really tell him, I think he's harboring that resentment and that resentment is panning out into many different things, lack of communication, the disrespect, um, the jealousy, the mean, rude things he says, the lack of appreciation mm. for the things that she does, the money that she spends on him. He's milking it all because he thought that the trajectory of his life is going to be completely different and he was going to be able to go to New York City and live his best life. And that's why he's also saying when the lease is up, I don't, the relationship is over. And to prove my point even more, and I am jumping ahead, but I really guys need, need you guys to get this. When he literally says that a business, when you invest in a business and there's no progress and there's no movement forward and your business talks bad to you or an about you and doesn't want to help you or do anything for you, then you don't really want that business anymore. The simple fact, y'all, that he compared his marriage and his relationship to a business tells it all for me. It was always going to be a business transaction. And the business transaction was, hey, I'm going to marry you. And, you know, I'm going to for a lack of better word, and don't come for me, YouTube, but eggplant you, I'll say it that way. I'm going to eggplant you and she's going to be so eggplant that she is going to marry me and bring me to America. And because that didn't happen, he's got this like passive aggressive remorse and anger towards Danielle. And that's what I think is the case. Okay. Um, so that being said, just like Ty's way said, Johan didn't hold back. So biggest issue, communication and trust. Um, Danielle tries to smooth that over by also saying that they're both very passionate people. And oftentimes they say things to each other, but they don't mean it. It comes from a place of passion. I mean, I can go into a whole tirade on that, you guys, but I mean... Words can be equally as hurtful as anything else. So yeah, you're you're in the heat of the moment, but you still know the words are powerful. Just like how Jen says she, when she gets angry, she blacks out. That's something that, yes, you guys need to work on. If you're yeah. saying all these things in the heat of the moment and you don't mean them, then you need to figure out why you're doing that and where that's coming from. Yeah, that's not okay to take that out on other people. <laughs> um, so... They bring Tim and Veronica back out. 
Um, my question was again, why why did you even make them go off stage since they're back? It's just distracting. Uh, Tim thinks that Danielle and Johan are a good couple. They just have some issues. Veronica agrees. They have communication issues and they're both very headstrong. We flash back to the, the birthday uh, where he doesn't thank Danielle for putting this surprise birthday together and funding it and inviting all his family members. She starts crying, finds it heartbreaking still, um, and says it's the first time she saw how cold her husband could be. And he humiliates her in front or humiliated her in front of his whole family. And she can never like get that back. Anytime she's with the family, she feels that humiliation. And I agree because even the family said, are you not forgetting to thank someone? And he doesn't thank her. He's never thanked her. And instead he gets mad. He gets re-mad at the tell-all saying that Danielle disrespected him because she wanted to meet with her ex-boyfriend, who's now her friend. Um, and I thought it was interesting because Tim agreed with Johan. He said, you know, Danielle, what if it was you? And he brought his ex-girlfriend and she's like, well, I'm a different breed. She's, I'd be like, hey, come to my party. Let, let, let's get to know her. Um, but Tim is like, you know, it's viewed as a threat. And I thought it was interesting that he thought it was a threat. Do you want to add anything there, April? Well, first of all, Tim is ridiculous. Let's just start there. I mean, the idea that her having a friend is a threat or bringing up the idea of having a friend is a threat is ridiculous. But I also took some time to think about this, and I feel like I have a solution if you find yourself in this situation. Don't introduce the guy friend first. Start with other friends. And then once the friend network has been introduced, then you can start bringing around ex-partners. Because I think in Johan's mind, this person being introduced first meant they had a certain amount of importance that perhaps Danielle did not mean. Hmm. I mean, I still, okay, so I'm jumping ahead again, but I still have some issues with this whole who her friends can be and who her friends can't be. Like, uh, we're going to talk about that shortly too, because I think that's a bunch of BS personally. So <clears throat> Debbie jumps on the bandwagon and says it's insulting as well, right? You don't flaunt in front of your husband. What does she call them? Uh, your ex-fun bunnies. You don't flaunt them because it's disrespectful. And Johan starts clapping. And I was like, okay, wait, what? So, and I, I get it. Because then I thought about it. Debbie's generation is a, just a completely different beast. Do you know what I mean, April? Like, just a completely different understanding of relationships and friendships. And, and I don't think back in her days, I mean, they got married early and they had long marriages and all the things, but I don't think that they necessarily had like a lot of like friends from the opposite sex. I just don't think that that's the case. So, and plus she's also a Southern belle. So there's that component, right? So she's, mm -hmm. I get it. She's coming from her perspective, but I also noticed that again, there's something between her and Danielle. There's something about Danielle that Debbie doesn't like. 
And yeah. anytime she has an opportunity to like knock Danielle a rung lower, she does that. She does. And she I can't... does. Go ahead. I think it's just her her sexual expression uh, that Debbie either frowns on or is jealous of. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, this is not exactly the place for it, but there's a lot of white women hatred against each other from older generations to younger generations mm. about what kind of freedom they have today. Mm. Actually, didn't. that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Hmm. So I, I just, I, I wanted, I want to dig into that a little bit more as well. I think that the two of them, the tip for tap situation, although I noticed that Danielle doesn't really engage her, but I really want to dig into that a little bit more. I think Danielle's um, really good about that. She didn't engage Jen's friends when they came out and attacked her out of the blue either. Yeah, you're right. So Johan claps, and then did you guys notice that all like all like Colombia? So they're all in Colombia and and Dominican Republic. So all the Hispanics were like shaking their head when it came to Debbie talking about bringing your ex and the disrespect and the jealousy. I thought that was interesting because I was like, they all agree about this whole jealousy. Jamie, it was Jamie and who did I say? All the Hispanics agree. Jealousy. Oh, Isabel and Jamie were both like, yeah. And so I would love to get into that cultural aspect of it as well, because, you know, Tim talked about it a little bit um, in part two of the tell-all. And I'm curious. So any of my Hispanic viewers and friends, uh, I want to I want to have this conversation. I want to talk about relationships and jealousy specifically and the male-female dynamic. If you guys have any insight, definitely let me know in the comments. Uh, I want to have Latinos don't play like that. Uh, Celia says, it's a cultural, what? It is cultural. A Panamanian, I know a lot of people here would feel the same. C. Cruz says, I don't agree. I met two of my husband's exes. Um, yeah, I want to know what you guys think. If, if if it's a cultural thing, if it's not a cultural thing, let's talk about it. Uh, Isabel goes on to say that um, this situation would not happen in her, her relationship. Gabe could absolutely not be friends with an ex. Um, and I thought it was interesting because, you know, you also have Tim and Veronica on the show who used to date who are best friends now. So like, what stance are we all taking and let's talk about it, but no, we don't talk about it. So another question I have for you guys, live chat, can exes be friends? I know we've had this conversation before. Can exes be friends? I personally think that exes can be friends if there literally is no more spark. You're not thinking that you want to be with them. You're not thinking that you want to have uh, do the hanky-panky with them. You just see them and you guys are in different places in your life and you just see them as a friend. Then you can be friends. But if one of the people still has feelings for the other person, it cannot happen. 
What do you think, April? Can exes be friends? Yeah, I think exes can be friends. I even think exes can be friends if one person has unrequited feelings for the other person. I think that we just have to be honest about what are good situations for us to be in with somebody and what's not. Do you need to be in somebody's house together alone? No. Can you go out and have lunch together? Yeah. I mean, just be honest about whatever it is, not just with the other person, but with yourself and what you're doing. What are you doing it for? What is the friendship for? Is the friendship because you're just lying and wait for them to come back to you? Or is the friendship because you just truly enjoy spending time with that person? Like, be honest with yourself about what it's for. But yeah, I think it's possible. I think some of... So the the true crop of me... Sorry, go ahead. I I, I just think that some of the problem that we see um, is because a lot of men only think of women in terms of sexual beings. They don't think of a lot of women as friends. And so if you have someone like Johan, he's struggling to see why would Talon want to be friends with Danielle. I think it has less to do with Talon's motives and more to do with the fact that Johan doesn't see women as whole complete beings that could be a friend as opposed to a sexual conquest. I agree with that part of your of your statement. I also think that Johan is um, struggling with his patriarchal beliefs of what his relationship should look like. Yeah. And I think that, and again, to each their own. So he definitely has like a old school belief that the man is the head of the household, what he says goes. And, you know, Daniela said it last episode and she said this episode, she's more than willing to be the stay at home woman that cooks and cleans, but go ahead and then take the duties of head of household, meaning that you are paying for the household because that's not what's happening. Danielle continues to say that she pays for everything. And we find out a little bit later that Johan's like, no, I pay. First he says, I pay for everything. She uses my money to pay for everything. But then in saying that he says, but they split things 50, 50. So like, what is it? What is it exactly? Cause I don't believe you for one minute. You said, in the clip that they aired that you were going to contribute 5,000 pesos, which was $90 a month to the bills. So did that change? And if it changed, tell us, how did it change? Yeah. Tell us. Um, I also think that there's a lot of um, lack of maturity on Johan's part. So the friend Talon comes out and he says hi to Johan and Johan ignores him. And I'm like, but you made friends with him. You went and played basketball with him. You you apologized for your rude behavior. And now you're back to your rude behavior. So that to me just shows how A, insecure you are and B, how immature you are. That's super, super immature of you. Oh, thanks, Poppy. It's in a few days, but I will take the early birthday greetings anytime. I think it's Jaslo's birthday too. Oh, does it say that? <laughs> Is it Jocelyn's birthday? My ex just texted me happy birthday. That's fine. He's the dad. Happy birthday. Is it your birthday, Jocelyn? I think that the other thing for Danielle and Johan would be 
if she's if she's okay with playing the role of housewife, they have to live under the means that he's able to provide, not the means that she wants. So they would have to move back into his family house and then allow him to provide in his means. And if she's not willing to do that, well, then you're not really willing to be the housewife. Hmm. The live chat has a lot of different things to say. I'm interested. Some people are like, she should help him come to America, have a better life. Uh, is Daniel Wait, wealthy or is she bankrupt? I mean, to me, I feel like those things aren't the issue. The issue is the communication component and the fact that clearly they didn't have a conversation, like I always tell you guys to have, about the money. If you do not talk about monies before you get in a serious relationship, you're going to have issues with, guess what? Monies. So who, how, where, why, when? How do you spend your money? How do you save your money? I tell you guys this all the time. And it's really irritating to me because some of you guys are like, oh, well, she, they, she knew that he was poor and lived in a poor country. And he expected her to be wealthy because she's an American. He thought he was coming to America and all the things. But guess what? Before they got in a relationship, before they got married, this is a conversation they should have had. And then they wouldn't be having half these issues, in my opinion. Um, okay, so Taylor comes on. Sean's like, do you have any romantic feelings for... <laughs> for Danielle? I'm laughing because there was this weird silence before he said none. And yes. You took too long of a beat for me to believe you now. So I believed you the first time you said it, but why are you, why are you pausing? That was studio silence, wasn't it? It was too quiet. It was, and it was too long. I'm trying to do it right now so you guys can see the, the dramatic effect of it. It was like this. The question was, do you have any, do you still have feelings for Danielle? None. Because I counted. That's how long it was. That's a long time for you to, to be thinking about it. Taylin. Johan freaks out, right? He's freaking out. He's like, my wife was a couple with him. They had sex. She has pictures in the house of him. And we come to find out that she has pictures of all, all like pictures. You know how you have pictures in your house? Some of you might have picture books, picture frames, all the things. She has a drawer full of pictures and he happens to be in some of them. But Johan made it seem like you walk into the apartment and she just has a shrine to Caitlin <laughs> everywhere in the house. That's how he made it seem. Oh, it's Jazza's birthday. You know what that Ooh. means? Uh-oh. You get a song, Jasso. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday, dear Jasso. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. 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 And many more. And many more. <laughs> Thanks for using. Thanks for using. 
<laughs> oh my god, my microphone just it just makes me very happy. Okay, so Johan again, I feel is insecure and immature and likes to humiliate his wife. And so um when he said, and this was the scary part to me, you guys, this is the part that I was like, all the red flags are being waved right now. When he said, this decision is going to cost you. The moment you decided to bring Taylin into our relationship, our relationship turned to shit, he says. I, quote, never approved to wanting to meet your ex. And you will regret it a lot because now I don't see you as a partner that I have to respect or love. This relationship is worthless. Now let's break that down. Now I know I did in that whole rant, so I won't get into a rant, but here are the words that were key words that were concerning to me. I never approved. Okay. It's going to cost you. I don't have to respect you. I don't have to love you. This relationship is worthless and um, you will regret it a lot. Okay, so the criminal, criminology background, my true crime love, my ID obsession, these are all red flags for someone like me. If someone is saying that they don't approve of your behavior, and if you notice, and I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what goes on in the relationship. I don't know what's going on in closed door. All I know is but the little snippets of TV. But those all, all of those words are red flag words. And they're red flag words in many DV situations. And DV doesn't have to only be physical. It can be verbal. Okay. But to be in a relationship with someone says that you're going to regret what you did and I'm going to make sure of it. I don't need to respect you anymore. Those are all scary words to me. Now, he might have been doing it for theatrics, but I, again, words are powerful. Do you want to add anything? I know. Um, he goes on to say that he's with Danielle until their lease is up. Um, and when it's up, she goes her way and I'll go my way. Now, again, if you go back to what I was saying earlier, where he compared his relationship to a business, I think that he's living in that house because, or apartment or wherever, because it's an upgrade for him. So he's going to ride it out, but he can leave at any time. But why are you leaving when the lease is up? Curious. Okay. So he says all that stuff to her. Um, and then goes on to say, he doesn't want to be with her anymore because he doesn't love her the same. The damage has been done. And I'm like, the damage can't just be from her hanging out with her friend for one day because you hung out with her friend on that second day and on that third day. 
yeah. and you made peace with her. So it can't be that. So right. for me, it can only be the fact that what's changed, the love is not the same is because you're not getting the green card type of love that you were expecting to get. You were expecting to go to America and she switched it up on you and now you're mad about it. And so every little thing is going to be an issue for you and you're looking for your escape. And if I can put it in perspective for you guys, look at the family Chantel and look how Pedro all of a sudden became so unreasonable that every little thing that Chantel did, he was like, no, and then quickly moved out. It's because once they've checked out, they've checked out and they are making their escape plan already. And that is, in my opinion, what Johan is doing. Johan has already checked out. He feels like he picked the wrong American. And now he's going to be looking for a new American to replace Danielle and get him to the United States of America. That is my opinion on this whole thing, because he's taken it from zero to 5,000 over what? Hanging out for one time and you and you ended up meeting the guy and you end up playing basketball with him and being cool with him. So it can't be that. They made it worse. They made it like, uh, how do you feel about him being in the studio with Danielle right now? And you're not there. Like, why are, why are, why are y'all stirring the pot this way? But you know what? I'm not even mad about that. If you're going to stir up the pot, at least stir it up and then let it loose. Let us see what happens from that. You just stir it up and nothing happens. Like, I, that's the problem with these tell-alls. Like, if you're going to be messy, be messy. I need you to bring a, in a host that's going to be just as messy. So that we can get down to whatever it is that you all are stirring up and that we've spent, you know, a whole season watching. Yeah. We find out that one of Gabe's trauma is that he's had a bad experience with an ex. He told Danielle about it. And I think that that's made him even more mad that she hung out with an ex is because he had a whole experience with one of his ex-girlfriends and his her ex. That's all the information we got. Um, then Gabe says, Gabe says, Gabe, you guys, Gabe says, you and Danielle, talking to Johan, you and Danielle need to limit who her friends can be. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I may say this, this poorly, but I just don't know how else to say it, so you can correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but... I think that that comment specifically from Gabe is bullshit. Is bullshit is bullshit. And me as a heterosexual woman who has been trying to learn all about the transgender community and acceptance and living freely and all those things. And I know that Gabe is not the poster child for all transgenders, but he brought his story to international TV and seems to be very open and honest about his journey, then goes and talks about how Johan should be responsible in limiting another female's friendships, you've got to have lost your mind. You've got to have lost your yeah, mind. Yeah, Gabe subscribes to gender roles in a way that I did not expect. 
um, yeah, that's the, that I didn't expect. And that is disappointing. And I'm wondering if he's just saying that, no, 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 he, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say like, was he just saying it to please Isabel? No, he's not. And we know we've seen enough examples by now that his, his idea of the roles of women, men and women are very rigid and backwards. I was disappointed to say the least disappointed yeah. to say the least. You're going to come out swinging on other people's religion. You're going to come out swinging on other people's relationships on who they should and should not marry, who they should and should not divorce. You're going to come in swinging on your sister saying that she's the problem in all your relationships. And then you're going to go on national TV and tell a man that he needs to be in charge and limit his wife's friendships, you know what? Get That's the, ridiculous. You need to just. This is quite ridiculous. In, and, and and what amazing control um, Danielle must have in this moment, because not only has Johan still failed to apologize for the birthday incident and hasn't thanked her, um, he's now double embarrassed her. Um, I think, I don't, I mean, we don't know how Taylon feels, but I would feel a little embarrassed if I was him at this point because he's done nothing aggressive or he, all he did was meet with a friend that he thought he was cool to meet with. And he's been embarrassed twice now. Um, maybe he doesn't feel embarrassed. It would feel embarrassing to me. And she's just, she's sitting there and she's just taking it and saying, I want to work on my marriage and not lashing out at anybody. So you know what? If it doesn't work out, maybe I could play matchmaker for Danielle too. <laughs> that part. Listen, you're in the go ahead, go ahead and match me up, matchmaker. <laughs> we'll call it the April matchmaking show. Yeah. Um so we talk a little bit about um paying all the bills. So Gabe says not Gabe. Johan says that he pays all the bills, that Danielle pays the bills with his money, which I find hard to believe. And then we get into this whole situation where Isabel is like, well, you know, why did you even get married? Like, what's that whole situation about? Um, and the question comes up about equal partners versus being submissive in a relationship. And we don't have enough time on our show to get into it, but I do want you guys to think about that because, again, these are all conversations that you have to have before you get in a serious relationship. I'm trying to give you guys all the tools you need so that you don't end up in a crazy relationship. Okay, uh, I'm not going to get into all the details again. Uh, I talked about it already, how Johan compared his relationship to a business. Um, and Danielle's just basically that that's not true. And he is doing all this because uh, it's making him feel like he has power because he is feeling humiliated about the situation as it stands. 
she is willing to work on her marriage. She's willing to go to therapy. He's not going to therapy, he says, because that doesn't work down there. So he says, um, <laughs> I have never heard anybody say that an American accent is sexy. April matched me a Canadian girl with a cute uniformed American. What region are you talking about? Who had what American has a sexy accent? Francesca, I did not know that you were a fellow Canuck. I am going to be keeping a good eye on you. Three of us Canadians sitting right here. April said three of us Canadians. April's telling on herself what you don't know about <laughs> April, y'all. April is a temporary Canadian when she needs to be. As soon as my plane lands in a foreign country, guess what? Maple leaf. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> okay, so the show wraps up. And here, here are some key nuggets that I thought were super interesting. And um, I'll just give you what I think is going to happen. Um, and then for my Patreon subscribers, I will get into all the details. So Gabe is first to talk to camera. And Gabe says, you know, maybe him and Isabel are going to be U.S. bound, he says. And then there's a pause because, you know, you can't be saying shit because you're still under an NDA. Even though your season's over, you're under an NDA for many, many years to come. Because they don't know where they're going to flip you into another um, spinoff if they're going to flip you. So in saying that they might be U.S. bound, he said... For vacation, for, for a little bit. That's how we wrap that back up. So my prediction is, are we going to see Gabe and Isabel again? Yes. Are we going to see them in the United States? Yes, we are. Okay. Will we see them unhappily ever after? Yes, we will. Will we see more Monica? Yes, we will. Uh, then they go to Chris in the back. And I was just disgusted by the whole thing. She was like rubbing her neck with her pouty face. So apparently her neck injury is back. That's all I have to say about I never Chris. want to see Chris again. Same. Um, <clears throat> Jen is in the back. She's still crying. She's still crying over her relationship, <laughs> over the age and what she should do next. Um, <laughs> Debbie and Usama. Debbie says some really mean things about Usama at the very end. Says that <laughs> he looks like a corpse or a mugshot. Um, but she says that on the one hand, but says on the other hand that she's not closing the door to him because that was her best friend. Uh, I think we will be seeing more of Debbie. Um, that's actually even guaranteed. We're either going to see her on The Single Life or we'll see her on Pillow Talk with her son Julian. Not so sure that we'll see Usama again. I want to see Debbie matched with Libby's dad, Chuck. Oh, they would be a perfect Florida pair. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they? They have lots of hobbies together. And I can't wait to hear how, how Debbie would pronounce Andre's name. Andrew. 
Okay, let me stop acting up. Okay, and then Nicole, she really wants uh, her husband to break his tradition, uh, but she understands that traditions are hard to break. And if you guys have not seen the spoiler, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. If you don't want to know, you can go ahead and zone out right now, uh, but it's all over. I've already posted it and shown you guys all it on my socials. Uh, Mahmood. Got his visa, April. He made it to the United States. They were filming at LAX. And if you've never been to Los Angeles, California, and you've never been to LAX, we have a lot of paparazzi that pop up from nowhere because there are a lot of celebrities fly in and out, in and out of LAX. And so on the day that they were filming Mahmood, by they I mean Sharp Entertainment, the day that they were filming Mahmood, the paparazzi were already there, so you had cameras everywhere. So the paparazzi were filming the behind-the-scenes filming of the new season that Mahmood and Nicole are going to be on. Nicole has dyed her hair red. Uh, they shot the scene multiple times, and that paparazzi uh, company released the behind-the-scenes, uh, and so it's all over the internet. And that's how we know that Mahmood is currently living in Los Angeles, California with his wife. But we knew that they were married. They've been married. But now he is in America. Oh, um, Kelly says, oh, my God, I've never caught a live with you guys. I've loved watching you both this season. I'm undergoing chemo. And when I watch you guys, it makes me laugh. It makes me think about great topics. Keep it up. Kelly, I am sending you all the positive vibes. I think that you are strong and beautiful. Thank you for being a part of this community. And I am cheering you on 100%. Let's all send Kelly positive vibes. Care Bear Stare. That part. Positive <laughs> vibes her way, Kelly. Um, just know that you are loved. And that's that. Um, <sighs> oh, you got, I love our little community. Joslo to Kelly says, this is the perfect video to help you through your journey. All the best in your recovery. Uh, yes, Kelly, we are sending you so much love. All of us. April, myself included, and everyone in the live chat. And you guys, you know what? Go ahead and just send Kelly some more positive vibes in the chat. I'll keep it up a little bit longer so we can all send Kelly some good vibes. In the meantime, we will be talking about Match Me Abroad tomorrow at 2.30 yes. Pacific Standard Time. Um <laughs> Jaslo, I got in trouble. I am not even taking your bait because the last time y'all came for me when I talked about that. Um, so we'll be talking about that tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. Uh, don't forget, April, that we've started our list. Yes. Okay, our list on Match Me Abroad. If you guys aren't watching that, you should jump on it. It's really refreshing and uh, quite the journey. 
quite the journey. And just like anyone that's dating, it's very relatable. Like just even these first dates that we're finding, even though they're abroad, they're very, very relatable. And we've all can kind of relate to all things dating anyways. Um, oh, you guys are so great. I'm so glad you guys are sending Kelly all that love. Any last words, April? Uh, last words. Thank you guys for embracing me to co-host with Linda. You've been with her for a very long time. And I'm just excited that you let me be a part of your community. And I hope that you all have the best night ever. Oh, that was so sweet. April, listen, girl, they love you. They love <laughs> you. They love you. <laughs> They love you. They even come, they come for me now more like I'm the crazy one. <laughs> so we've loved having you. Thank you so much for uh, co-hosting this season with me. It's been so much fun. Oh, thank you so much for the super sticker. Um, See, we do love you. They just love you, April. <laughs> love you. Like, they're like, bump that, Linda. Thank God for April. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just use me for my tea that's all use me for my gossip and my inside scoop and see i'm supposed to stop talking now because my screen went blurry wait nope that didn't fix it on that note i'm wrapping it up for the evening hope you guys had a great long weekend Aw, April, you add so much value. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, no, seriously, that lifts my self-esteem. Thank Aww. you very much. Oh, <laughs> you've been fun and very informative, April. It's all I want in life, to be fun and informative. You know what, brown frown, you don't know me in real life, but you know me. Linda the realist and April the empath. empath. Is that what I'm saying it right, empath? Yeah. Very empathetic, all loving. Well, thank you, thank and you. And Linda's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> you make sure you ask him about the money, Sonny. You make sure you ask him how much sex he wants in his relationship. <laughs> that's the real deal. <laughs> good night y'all good night good night sleep tight oh wait oh. wait i forgot i forgot i forgot one t one last time oh the fan now we have a good night <laughs> the fan bye y'all bye y'all bye y'all <laughs>